Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Hello, Courageitarians. Welcome back to Where the Lotus Grows. I'm Kimberly Searle. Tanya Drew. Today, we're going to talk about uncluttering your home and your mind. So, it's nice to take a pause and think about what you may have dragged into your life. Maybe some things like obligations, collections, boxes. You mean like physical and emotional baggage? (laughs) Impending thoughts. (laughs) Doom. Fabrications. (laughs) So sometimes I wish I could just snap my fingers and clear out my whole head, just like a freshly painted room is fresh, crisp, and clean. So letting go and starting again. You know, and I have to think about it that, you know, life is really a winding road and we're human beings. We have bodies, we have thoughts, we have habitual thoughts, we have patterns, we worry, we let go, we move on. And that's all part of the road. So sometimes you take two steps forward and you take some uh, steps back, but life isn't a straight line. And once you accept this, life becomes simpler. A lot of times I get my blinders on and I'm so focused on the forward momentum that um, I don't allow there to be twists and turns. And that's really where the spice of life comes into play because truth be told, nobody really wants a flatline life. That's kind of boring. Sure. I mean, there are some people. There's always those people. But but yeah, I I get what you're saying. So tie this into... uh, Clutter for me. Well, how do you define clutter? Clutter isn't piles of objects alone. And when I'm doing a creative project, I need the clutter for my mind to work freely, to play like a kid plays in a sandbox, right? Clutter for me is more than objects. It's my thoughts and emotions that keep me from living my best self, the life I dream of living. And when you have a pile of stuff, but it is limiting your view, you need to do something about it, whether it's a pile of limiting beliefs or a pile of objects. So clearing up your clutter allows us to be more mindful and to live in the present. Hmm, I agree. I think uh, clutter is a manifestation of all the other, like physical clutter Mm -hmm. in your life is a manifestation of all the other stuff, maybe in your mind or the baggage that you're carrying with you. Um, I do believe that. I also think it is kind of a societal thing right now that stuff is like a a status symbol um, or stuff is a representation of how busy or important we are. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think that sometimes it can be used in that way as well, Mm -hmm. that sometimes people can use 
physical stuff or clutter, you know, look at how busy I am. Look at how crazy things are. Um, almost as a, as like a, like a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to swing the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I come from a long line of borderline hoarders. (laughs) So, and it's so funny now that I reflect back on it when I was younger, so many things were important. And I kept so many mementos of special times and, uh, you know, I don't want to forget this moment. I don't want to forget, you know, kept every movie stub or every concert ticket stub or scrapbooked things that today I just, it's silly to me, the things that I used to hang on to as a memento. Like I would forget the moment. And and really, it was the experiences and the people that I was with and not some little ticket stub of a reminder. I think we do that with our electronics even. You know, I see everybody so busy with taking a picture, trying to preserve the moment, seeing it from behind the lens versus just being in the moment. Oh, sure. I've seen those people at the concert who spend the whole concert with their phone up and they're watching it through a screen mm-hmm. instead of watching it really happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I like to clean out my clutter of my email and clean up on my photos. And I love that my phone lately has been uh, prompting me, hey, do you want to clean out screenshots or, you know, organize these over here? And I do appreciate those gentle uh, reminders to even clean up my digital technology. I could probably use more of that. I, I try to do that with my photos, but uh, my my email inbox is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not big on emailing. It's not one of my favorite things to do. And sometimes when I look at it and it says 3,000 emails and I think, oh, that's so overwhelming. But um, it's also rewarding to clear it out. I have to show you this. <laughs> Even though this is very embarrassing, this is me being vulnerable right now. Would you like to tell me how many messages are in the email inbox? Oh, Tanya has 58,156 emails. We might have to clutter bust that. See, so, but this doesn't bother me because to me, this isn't real. That would drive me insane seeing that number. It would be so much pressure on <laughs> is me. Is that not crazy? And my mind of my besties sees that. She's like, is that a real number? And I'm like, well, it's three different emails in one. And yes, one I've had since I was like 20. And there's stuff that I just never, you know, it's where all the junk mail goes. And I never do yeah. anything with it. I grew up with a family. Uh, you said, you know, you come from a long line of hoarders. I grew up with a family borderline hoarders. Yeah, let me correct that. (laughs) I don't need to get you in trouble if any of your family members there. (laughs) Uh, I come from families that, you know, we passed items down, uh, antiqued, uh, refurnished things, collected things. Uh, And I did find that I started to over collect things like I love to collect dishes. And um, so I have some Westmoreland dishes. I have... Uh, this pottery collection that I commissioned for my everyday dishes. But I also see that I get these memories of items passed down to me. And while I love the richness of the memory, it doesn't always go with my home decor 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you end up like I had a client recently say that, you know, a, a family member had passed away. So they had ended up with a lot of these uh, pieces of furniture and, and, you know, they knew that it would be dispersed off to their children, but they had someone visiting and someone said, oh, I remember when I had all this furniture, you know, it almost sometimes you need that mirror of the outside to give you permission to take a look and go, oh, I have kind of amassed all this stuff. And how can I create um, some space within my home? Because that energy of space within your home then allows space within your life for new things. I think you might have experienced that a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely. So this is one of my favorite topics because despite the digital clean out and my 58,000 messages in my uh, email inbox, I am a huge proponent. So um, I've always, as I've grown older, found it very cathartic to clean out the closet, so to speak, and to get rid of things. Um, I also find that as part of my SIVA to, you know, donate items that no longer serve me. But most recently, about two years ago, I read um, the Marie Method, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which is a fabulous book uh, that we will quote in the notes that we'll put in the show notes for you guys so you guys can find it. Um, Marie Kondo did an amazing job of kind of just spelling it out for you on how to get rid of stuff that doesn't serve you. If you don't absolutely love it, why keep it? And then kind of explaining the energetic balance behind that of what you gain with all of that freedom when you don't have those things anymore. So when the house is uncluttered, it makes room for new things. It makes room for new experiences. It makes room for um, more within yourself. And when you're really realistic about, am I really going to use this thing? I haven't used it in two years. It's been in the back of my closet. Completely forgot that I had it. But one day I might need it. So I'm going to keep it. Um, You know, the freedom that comes from getting rid of that. I think it is life altering. And I had great success. So in, in the year that I went through, and not even a year, in the three months that I went through my entire house and got rid of all the things um, then some really great opportunities came my way and uh, we ended up moving to a bigger, more beautiful house where I had even more room because I had less stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so things just sort of happened and rolled in that direction. And I really kind of part of it was letting go of many of those things. So I do have to say when I mentioned my borderline hoarder family. (laughs) I do think that some of it, and you might speak to this as well, comes from that depression era mentality of reusing things, of holding on to things because you might need them. You never know. Yeah. Well, in that changing, because we are very much in a more disposable society and more things. I mean, you and I were talking about this. Things aren't built 
to last anymore. Things are really about to break down. Um, Planned obsolescence in a lot of ways um, is super a big part of our lifestyle now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking about how electronics and appliances aren't made to last 30 years anymore. They seem to be lasting more around the 10 to 15 year mark. Yeah. Well, and, and what do you do with the little things or what do you do when something is relatively cheap and easy? You don't hold on to something for a rainy day if you end up needing that, that item. Do you know what I mean? Like if you really end up needing it, if you need a shoehorn and you haven't used a shoehorn in 15 years, but the time comes that you need a shoehorn, well holding on to that shoehorn for 15 years versus just going out and buying yourself a dollar shoehorn when you need one. Right, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When, it, when it finally comes time that you need it, are you really doing yourself any service by moving four times in those 15 years and moving that shoehorn with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of a junk drawer that everybody has, right? Yes. And clearing out the junk drawer. <laughs> uh, my husband cleans out our junk drawer, boss his soul. He cleans it out regularly, and he is also the most notorious for filling it. <laughs> for filling it back up. Full of junk. <laughs> Just like screws and batteries and like, why? Why? So, so how do you attack that underlying energy that creates the clutter? Um, well, really, uh, learning that the KonMari method, um, for me, is it important? Do I love it? Like, like literally holding an item. Do I love it? Will I use it? Mm-hmm. Do I know of someone or somewhere who might benefit from it before I will? Mm-hmm. So I think of this, does it bring me joy? So I think of this when, even when things come my way, like when people try to give me something, um, I found myself even with, so one of the things that I I had trouble letting go of was books. Mm -hmm. Okay. To me, books and library and surrounding yourself with books and the feel of books and just everything about it was wonderful. But in reality, if I'm holding on to all these books, I'm never going to possibly have the time to read them again. I mean, there are some that I reread. But if I'm not going to have the time or the energy to reread them again, are they serving their purpose? Is that book serving its dharma sitting on my shelf? Or can I find somebody who loves that book mm-hmm. and give it to them? Or can I donate it to a library or someplace where it's actually going to get read? Yeah, I mean, books are a hard one for me to let go of, especially since I like the to hold the book. Mm-hmm. But I have in the last several years decided, like, if I haven't opened that book in the last year, it's probably, I probably know what I need to know out of it. Right. And it's time for it to go. And so I'll put a little free sign up. And then if nobody from the studio takes it, I drop it to the library. Because the library can then either lend it or they have a recycle program sure. for the paper. Yeah. Clothing is another one. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, clothing is another one where it's like if I haven't worn it in a year, mm-hmm. I really have to love that item of clothing or else it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with shoes. If I buy a pair, I'm mean, a pair has to go. Yeah. Because I really have what I need. I mean, no one needs a bunch of 
No, absolutely. And, you know, you were talking about um, dishes and uh, I feel shout out to my mother-in-law who will probably never listen to this, but I love you. Um, (laughs) Like she was very much, well, when I die, I want you to have my mother's china. And I was just like, I love you so much, Mary, and I appreciate the thought behind this. But not only do I have my own, I have my great-grandmother's china. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what I would do. And I was like, you know what, maybe let's save it for your granddaughter instead. Um, Because at the time, she didn't have a place. Um, She does now, but, you know. She'll, she'll get to that place. And then the other part of it, and this is where I'm at with my grandmother's China, use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't just keep it in a box, but use it. And so I was like, you know what, Mary, I think you should, you should give that to um, my stepdaughter. You should give that to Jazz so that she can use it mm-hmm. and she can appreciate that these dishes were her great grandmother's, mm-hmm. you know. Um, instead of passing them to me and then I'm pass them down. And it's just one of those things. I, there's so much sentimentality to it, but there's also, it needs to be functional. Yeah. Yeah. My mother-in-law did that. I was always so worried about breaking. She collected dishes as well and as my mother. And I was at her house and I was always in charge of setting the table. And I was always, I was so stressed out about breaking things. And she said, you know, We have these nice things to be used, and I understand that breakage may occur and that it wouldn't be intentional. And so if you're here, I get you something, you know, please use it, which I think is a great reminder that, you know, these things are made to be used to bring us joy, to create our own memories uh, on them as well. I think the other thing to remember is just to work slowly and take small steps and look at it from a distance and remind yourself of the intention you wish to live by. And most importantly, self-compassion. If you start with self-care, because in caring for yourself, you will feel safe. And in feeling safe, you can begin to tidy up. We have this consistent energy, thoughts of energy, objects or energy, emotions, energy, thoughts and fear and so on. So it's like the glue that sticks to you. I agree. I agree. And I think that. When you start to let go of some of those things, um, I, I think I think it happens internally too. You're able to let go of some things internally. You're able to let go of some emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. You're able to kind of clean out that metaphor. Cleaning out your closet is kind of um, it works both ways. Uh, you know, even if you just pick like just your nightstand just a little corner once it's cleared out you do have this shift this lightness this openness that happens absolutely I remember and I and I shared this with my stepdaughter um because with what teenage girl does this not happen because I remember being a teenage girl and having a cluttered room and having I literally had all of those ticket steps to every concert that I went to, like, stapled to my wall so that it was, like, there. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe my mom let me do that. Um, But, you know, reminding her that you feel better when 
your clothes are up off the floor and hanging in your closet and, you know, folded away neatly in your dresser. You feel good when you know where your things are and when you have a place for everything and everything has its place. Um, that it changes. It helps you to get out of a funk. Um, at the same time, I, you know, I told her this and I remember if someone had told Someone did. My mom definitely told me all of those things when I was a teenager. And I, I didn't either. I was like, oh, this this is organized chaos. I know right where everything is. You know, if I need to find my favorite pair of shoes, well, it's right there underneath my jeans, underneath my sweater, underneath the chair. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, well, it comes back to that thing. And I think we had talked about this with our friend Patty G is making the bed. Yeah. And no matter how shitty of a day you've had, if you come home to a made bed, it's one thing that went right for you that day. Right. Well, and it's something that you accomplished. Yeah. You did it right off the bat. Yeah. And, you know, it changes the it changes the energy of the room going back Mm -hmm. to energy. It changes the, the feeling that you have. And who doesn't feel better crawling in and kind of folding the blankets and sheets back versus (laughs) having to put the blankets and sheets back on before you crawl in. Um, I I think that that definitely makes a difference. I definitely have matured into a appreciating things, having their space, um, having a place to put things, um, I also use that as a manifestation tool. So you mentioned that, like, you know, I don't buy a pair of shoes unless I can get rid of a pair of shoes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I have used it the other way around, too. I've been like, you know, I really need to update my wardrobe. And I feel like I can't manifest it until I get rid of things. Like, it's almost like you're literally making room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom once shared with me, because I... I would rather buy a nice quality item than have quantity items yes, in my I agree. Uh, wardrobe. And my, so I had, you know, been wearing things that really probably needed not to be worn anymore. And my mom made a suggestion to me that the older you get, every decade that you are older, you really, it's time for a new wardrobe. And if I think about it, what I wore in my 30s was, you know, not. 20s stuff no the 20s things no longer looked good on a 30 year old right and as I've been in my 40s I'm like oh you know I can kind of see that where every decade it's time to create that that new look that's comfortable like now I just want comfort over <laughs> right <laughs> style now is the, the decade trend. of sensible shoes yes <laughs> and, no I, um, I agree um yeah no you you do bring that in well just you know during school all my shoes stopped started falling apart and um I'm just like oh I gotta buy like all these new shoes and I was looking at it as this negative and uh Karen one of our cohorts says you know you buy nice things and they look like they've been well warned how about just being grateful for the journey they've taken you and and you're worth a new pair and um then my friend Mary said you know you're you're breaking out of your shoes because you're ready to step into something bigger 
And it was just a fresh way to look at clearing that clutter. A little meditative, uh, cognitive reframing for that. I I absolutely agree. I think that that kind of thing sort of happens in life Um, when those things need to happen than they do. Uh, My mom just recently moved, and like I mentioned before, we have a little bit bigger house now. And she said, I have some things that I I can't bear to part with, but they won't fit in my new apartment. And I love that my mom is downsizing because she's one of those people that I mentioned in the beginning, borderline order. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Really connected to heirlooms and family stuff which I you know I I can appreciate um but I said I will make a deal with you you can have this small portion of my basement I do not want to see you spend money on a storage unit you can have the small portion of my basement and you can save things but what you save has to 100% be of sentimental value and support everything that you take with you into your apartment has to be functional Everything that you store has to be sentimental. I refuse to hold garage sale items. I refuse to hold if it's if it's if you're waiting for that day for a garage sale, just just take it to the goodwill. You know, I don't need a bunch of twenty five cent tchotchkes in my basement waiting for you. So make sure that everything that's in my basement are things that you love and that you can't part with. And I have I'm so proud of her. Maybe five totes of things. And I know that it's filled with like our family pictures and my brother who passed away, like his Navy uniform and just like important things that she couldn't part with that she did love. Mm -hmm. And that even if they are always in my basement. (laughs) I have that you know for her and then she had that she got to let go of all of those other things and I am curious to see since this just happened what kind of greatness kind of manifests in her life because she was able to let go of so much that's awesome work so clutter is not your enemy it is your teacher where do you start do you find yourself brooding and how can you tidy up your thoughts don't, so, don't be so hard on yourself. You can handle it. It will work out fine. Start with just 10 minutes a day. And gratitude for things that are in your life and people around you. Gratitude is like saying, I am alive. The higher energy helps you clear up huge amounts of inner clutter. I love that. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Mm. So... What ways have clearing out clutter uh, affected your life? And have you had life-changing or life-altering moments um, in which things have changed for you based on getting rid of stuff, letting go of stuff, um, or maybe sharing with others? We'd love to hear from you. Please share where the lotusgross.com and other social media platforms As always, also share your love by giving us a review and we'll send you a little gift. Come and be a patron on our Patreon. You can find that on our website. 
And we look forward to seeing all of our Courageitarians next time. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, Where the Lotus Grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, Where the Lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.